Hey there, friend. Welcome to episode 218 of Self-Kind with me, Erica Webb. In today's episode, we are carrying on from last week's episode. So if you haven't tuned into episode 217, which was all about the perfectionist, people-pleasing guide to self-care, not quite those words, but something like that, um, I do recommend that you go back and listen to that one first because we got up to tip five and today we're going to elaborate on tip five, which is all about listening into your body for clues around how to meet yourself with kindness, with compassion, and with the type of self-care that is going to support you in the way that you're feeling right now. Hi, and welcome to Self-Kind with me, Erica Webb. This is a podcast about what it means to be, live, and move through a lens of self-kindness. We'll look at the ways self-kindness can underpin our practices in movement, mindfulness, and mindset to support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's get into the show. As I said, if you haven't listened into last week's episode, absolutely go and do that. You can listen to this one as a standalone and then go back to that one later. Um, but last week we were talking all about the people-pleasing perfectionist guide to self-care. And I went through a number of um, steps or tips around navigating self-care as a person who perhaps is used to putting other ne- other people's needs before your own and or a person who is really setting their expectations for themselves very high, right? Those sort of tendencies toward perfectionism. And some of the tips we went over, I've still got my notes in front of me. So some of the tips that we went over was understanding um, the values that reflect the relationship that you want to have with yourself, doing a reality check to ensure that whatever um, goals or practices or plans that you make for self-care actually fit into your real life. We talked about understanding your bare minimum and enough kind of um, moves towards self-care, self-kindness, self-compassion, self-love, so that you're laying down evidence for that relationship that you want with yourself every single day. And we talked about practicing, acknowledging um, when we move towards that relationship with ourselves and also acknowledging when we sort of choose to move away from it and how we can be kind of, you know, a little bit curious about our decisions and um, not, not approach that with guilt and shame, but rather that sense of curiosity. And then we got to, to tip number five or step number five, which was looking to our body for clues around like, what is it that I might need? What is it that is present in me right now that perhaps is asking for my attention? And I've left this this particular tip to have its own episode because it's a, a concept that I guess hasn't been for most of us taught to us. And if you've ever been in a yoga class or in an environment where there is this cue to like tune in and listen to your body. You might find that confusing. (laughs) It might be like, I don't know what I'm listening for. I don't know the language that my body speaks. I don't know how to interpret what I'm feeling 
because so often we're used to just having almost like a prescription of things to do. And we're trying to fit in all the things that we've heard are the best things for humans to do. Um, and then finding ourselves feeling almost burnt out or overwhelmed by our own self-care needs, right? And that's a bit of a risky trap to fall into because if we're overwhelmed by our self-care, if it's become another thing that we have to try to squeeze into our already kind of like bulging lives, then it might not be having the impact on us when we actually engage in it that we sort of set out for it to have. And so that's where really becoming aware of our body cues and our body um, signals and the information that our body gives us can be really, really useful because it helps us to start to navigate the nuances of self-care, the nuances of like, do I need to rest or do I need to go and get some fresh air or do I need to, you know, um, do something completely different? Do I need a change of scenery? Do I need joy? Do I need music? What do I need? And we start to get more curious about actually being in and living in response to our body, as well as doing some of that kind of pre uh, preventative. Is that the word that I'm looking for? I'm not sure. Preventative or um, proactive probably is the word that I'm looking for. Proactive self-care, the things that we just do. Um, there's also space for this more reactive, responsive self-care that stems from a relationship with our body that is curious and open and interested in what is present for us in any given moment. Now, this idea of listening into our body, again, I will acknowledge that it is a tricky one to describe. I think it's a tricky thing to teach, but it is available. And one of the things I guess that one of the places that I guess we'll start is thinking about the curiosity element of this. Again, if you resonate with this idea of being perhaps a little bit tending towards perfectionism or people pleasing, then there might be a really strong urge to explore something like this and make sure that you get it right. Yeah. What if there is no getting it right? What if just by showing up with curiosity, you're getting it right? Yeah. There is no need to perfect this skill of self-listening. It's something that we can become more skilled in, of course, but it is not a, a thing to perfect. It's something to explore, something to stay curious about, something to stay fascinated by. And that's where we're going to start. So there is a little bit of a need to acknowledge and set aside our judgments and to simply become more curious instead. Because the thing with listening to ourselves, the thing with tuning into and listening to our body is that there's a lot of stuff that lays over the top of that. And a lot of the stuff that lays over the top of our ability to listen in is a lot of shoulds, right? Like we're filtering our experience through this, this filter that says, is this right? Should I be feeling like this? And that is not the best place to start because that will lead us down into a bit of a shame spiral where we say, well, I actually feel really sad today, but objectively everything around me is fine. So I probably shouldn't be feeling sad. I should be more grateful for the life that I have. Right. And whilst there is always room for gratitude and practices like that, if we start 
by shaming ourselves for the truth of our experience in the moment, it doesn't give us a lot of wriggle room. And in that moment, then what we might do is we might just simply say, well, I don't know how to read myself, right? Because it shouldn't be this. And that's what I'm sort of experiencing. So it must be wrong. And so we we start to believe that perhaps we don't actually know how to read our body, our system, our being at all. And I don't think that that is true. Places that we can start though, there are probably like lots of sort of more obvious and less obvious places to to look and to feel and to sense into to our experience. But I think some of the most useful are kind of some of those bigger, more obvious places to start. And that's things like noticing places where you hold tension, places and times when you clench or grip or hold. It's times when you hold your breath and you notice that, oh, I just keep holding my breath. It's times where you notice you've got your fists clenched tightly or your teeth jammed shut or your knees squeezing towards each other, right? Like this sense of kind of drawing in. It's the moments you notice that you're wearing your shoulders as earrings. It's the moments that you notice you're gripping in your belly. These are things that are signs that our body is looking for a sense of stability, safety, and security. And when we recognize that that's what our body's aim is all of the time, our body-mind aim all of the time is to be safe and to, to kind of be ready to deal with threat, then we start to notice that the responses that our body is having to something, right, we don't necessarily always know what it is yet, are places that we can pay attention. So if I've spent the whole day with my shoulders up around my ears and I'm like, gosh, my shoulders are so sore, instead of being like, well, my body is like letting me down, my body is failing me somehow, we can get curious and be like, huh, that's interesting. I guess my body's looking for security right now. My body's looking for stability, safety. I wonder what I could do to offer it that. That is a very different response to being like, oh, my stupid shoulders always giving me grief because your body is doing its best, right? Your body is absolutely doing its best. And when we can start to look at those moments of tension and holding and and discomfort and pain even as little like, hey, can we pay attention here? And when we can pay attention through a lens of compassion and curiosity and kindness, that is a very different place to be than to be just like, ah, my body's broken, right? So we can ask the question, huh, if it's true that my body and my mind are always kind of like my body and my brain are always scanning for threat, looking for security, safety, stability, in what ways might I be able to offer myself that now? And this is where then it can become a little bit nuanced and and we can get a little bit curious. So if my shoulders have been up around my ears all day, perhaps there is an element of mental stress, right? Perhaps I'm ruminating over something. Perhaps I'm worried about something. Perhaps I have a deadline that is looming and it's making me tense. We can offer ourselves support in lots and lots of different ways, depending on what the circumstances are and what resources we have available to us. Sometimes it's enough to respond with just some gentle movement, right? Like, oh, my shoulders are so stiff. Perhaps if I just moved them a little bit, um, that's going to give my brain the information it needs to like drop some of that tension. 
maybe it leads us to go, you know what? I cannot stop thinking about X, Y, Z. I think I need to talk to someone or I am exhausted. I haven't slept for three days properly, right? Like probably slept a little bit, but I've had terrible sleep. What could I do tonight to support a more restful sleep? Like this list could go on and on, right? But we start to get curious and be like, what is it that would provide evidence to my body and my brain that the stability, the security, the safety that it's looking for exists on some level? We can do that through movement. We can do that through the way that we think. We can do that through our environment. We can do that through our connection with other people. But when we start to look at our body as giving us messages, signals, information, rather than just like failing and letting us down, our whole relationship with our body can change. And for the better. (laughs) Let's make that clear. I want to loop back around to this idea of not knowing what we're feeling. This is something that comes up a lot. This idea of like, I can't, I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm feeling. And I would invite you, if that is something that comes up for you, to look for nonverbal ways um, to experience what you're feeling. So you don't always have to have the words that go with it. Um, you might be experiencing something that's like some sort of combination of like sadness and gratitude. And in our logical mind, it's like, but how can they go together? How could I be grateful and sad all at the same time? That doesn't make sense. And so then we don't have a word for it. We don't have a way to sort of verbally describe that. What if you played with simply noticing the, the apparent contrast, right, between the things that you're experiencing? coming back to this idea that like, what if we just didn't make what we were feeling wrong? What if instead of suggesting that there's like a good way to feel, a bad way to feel, a right way to feel, a wrong way to feel, there's just something that's happening and we can use that information to make a decision about what we do next. Because we might be experiencing, I think anxiety is a really good example of this. We might be experiencing anxiety that we don't want to experience, right? So I've dealt with anxiety on various levels for a lot of my life. And for a really big chunk of it, that anxiety was pretty debilitating and it was pretty constant. It felt like I was pretty much permanently trying to run away from myself. And it was awful. It didn't feel good at all in my body. Was it right or wrong to feel that way? That is unhelpful, right? I knew that I didn't want to feel that way forever, And I also had to acknowledge that it was true for me as a feeling before I was able to then make the next step to shift, right? We cannot fight our way or reason our way all the time out of the reality of what we feel. And so this ability to like listen to our body asks us to be honest about what it is that we're noticing, whether we've got specific language for it or not, to just be like present to what's there and to not make ourselves wrong, right, for the sadness, for the anxiety, for the pain, for the discomfort. Acknowledging something and not fighting it doesn't mean we're resigning ourselves to it. Quite the opposite, in fact. We can acknowledge something, accept it even, 
and make a decision that it's not what we want and make a decision about what would be most supportive for us to move in a different direction. And that actually, in my experience, is easier to do when we kind of draw the shame or the um, the blame or the it shouldn't be like that out of it. And I think it gets easier to feel and to notice and to sense when we're not making ourselves wrong, right? So this is this idea of using our body's signals, our body's felt experience to make decisions about what it is that we need. So whether we make the decision that, you know, these tight shoulders, which I'm now starting to get quite tight shoulders sitting here, I've been at my desk possibly a little longer than I would like to be. Um, And, you know, I, I feel this tightness and my first thought is, I want to move, right? Like I want to move my body. I want to give my body feedback and information through this this signal that it's giving me of tension to alleviate that tension. I want to offer a different input to the system to change the output. I'm not going to fight the fact like you know it would be it would be normal but not perhaps very useful to sit here and be like, oh, my God, my shoulders are, like, letting me down. I can't believe that they're tight again. I can't believe that they hurt like this. I can't believe that, you know, blah, blah, blah. like we could get into a whole story. Instead, are, are we able to be like, oh, that's interesting. I'm, I'm experiencing some tension in my shoulders. What could it be that would offer me and my body and my mind something that they are asking for? And it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to take us all day. It doesn't have to be, you know, 65,000 steps long. It's just about starting to be in response to ourselves, starting to be present to ourselves and honest with ourselves and accepting of, of our truth. And then it gives us so much more space to respond because we're not trying to then figure out like, well, if this isn't even the right way to feel, then how do I how do I respond to something that's already wrong, right? <laughs> it it takes all of that sting out of it. So listening to our body, it is absolutely not a simple activity, but we can break it down into simpler parts by just getting curious, noticing what am I doing? You know, how is what how is my body positioning? itself? How am I holding myself? Where am I holding tension? Where am I gripping? Where am I clenching? Sometimes it's enough to just like remind ourselves to take a few slow, deep breaths. Sometimes it's enough to remind ourselves to get outside for a few minutes. Sometimes it's enough to um, pick up the phone and, you know, speak to a friend for a few minutes. Sometimes it might be like noticing that, oh, I'm, I'm tied everywhere. You know what I probably could do with a more regular movement practice. And so again, it becomes less about the, like, what are the, what's the list that I need to tick off? What is it the, the latest um, fad that I need to try to follow? And more about noticing what brings me a felt sense of joy? What brings me a felt sense of relief to whatever it is that I'm experiencing? What is it that gives me that felt sense of stability, safety, security, and following that more often? Let me know if you have questions. Let me know if you have thoughts. This is, for me, something that is 
I'm never quite sure if I'm finding the right words to describe it. It's interesting recording podcasts because I'm talking to myself, uh, talking to you, but it's just me, my light, my camera, my, my, my computer. And as I talk, there's a part of my brain that does this like, did what I just said make sense outside of my head? <laughs> and so it's super useful for me to hear from you. If there's stuff that I've said that you're like, huh, I'm not sure if this is what you meant, or I have a question about that, or um, can you elaborate on on whatever? I love it when there's an opportunity to have more of a two-way conversation. So please do not hesitate to come and find me over on Instagram. You can send me a DM. You can put a comment in if you're on YouTube, um, and you can always email me as well, Erica at ericaweb.com.au. All right. Until next week, keep being kind to yourself. Remember to sign up for the Unlocking Shoulder Tension Challenge if you haven't done that already. And if you are interested in working together one-on-one to kind of dive into more of this, like, how do I listen to myself? How do I be in a more kind relationship with myself and my body? How do I, dare I say, love this body of mine? Then you'll find more details for working with me in the show notes as well. All right. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Self Kind. If you loved it, why not share it? And while you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. I'd love you to come hang out with me more too. You'll find me over on Instagram at ericaweb underscore selfkind. And you can sign up for my e-newsletter by heading to my website, ericaweb.com.au. While you're there, you can also read up more about the Self Kind Hub and other ways of working with me. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself. Bye. Bye.